0: Well, good afternoon slash, sorry, good morning slash good afternoon. Amen. Because it's midday, literally. Um, join with me as, as we pray. Father, thank you. <clears throat> thank you that it's Friday. Um, for loads of reasons, Lord, people say, thank God it's Friday. Um, today, we're thanking you because today is Good Friday and lord what's so good about good friday i pray lord that you would help us to see what's good (laughs) Um, as we talk about jesus and it's in his name we pray amen amen so it's easter 2019 can't believe where's the time going it's nearly christmas today's message today don't do that all right don't wish don't wish our lives away right so look today the message today is really simple it's called light and love would you help me just by repeating that for me light and love Priscilla gave a little squeak I don't know why but praise the Lord I say amen to that light and love now When it comes to Easter, let me just ask some quick questions, right? What are some typical Easter foods? All right, that's the food, all right, confectionaries. Come on, we have to work with my list. Confe- all right, so chocolate eggs, right? Easter eggs. Um, all right, turning now to kind of foods, but not so much real kind of food, Pace- think pastries. All right, hot cross buns, right? <clears throat> hot cross buns. Now, if you're, if you're from the Caribbean, Right, We don't really do the hot cross bunting, right? But although, although hot cross buns are nice, slice them, toast them, little butter, hot cross buns can't work. But at Easter time, particularly if you're from the Caribbean, bun and cheese, right? Now, I tried to work this one out, but I'm not sure if I got it right, so forgive me. I'm just trying to be culturally relevant. If you're from Nigeria, talk to me. What did you say, my brother? Cheese! all right then so i got it right amen amen i wasn't so sure about the pronunciation but fred john it's it's like a kind of pasty um um it looks like mashed potato in a sense i think no mm, yeah all right let me just all right let me stop quick while i'm ahead right amen okay praise the lord um but it's got a fishy flavor has it no sometimes you eat it with fish all right then And it would be fair to say, at least at Easter, many, many cultures eat fish, you know what I'm saying? Kind of as opposed to me or in conjunction sometimes with me. Amen? Amen. It's Easter. Now, how about places that are associated with Easter, especially especially Holy Week? Because you know that's how this week is described, Holy Week. Now, it's hard not to. It's like, if this wasn't in the news recently, maybe... Many wouldn't know what this particular place is called. Represents geographically, spiritually speaking, you know what that is, right? So me and my wife had the privilege of being able to go to Paris, and we actually visited Notre Dame. Had the the privilege to it, 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 has anyone ever been? Like if you have ever been like inside the building is incredible. Now, now whether or not it's worth, is it one billion pound they've raised now to re, re, regenerate and rebuild the? Whether it's worth that much, I don't know. But that's that's an issue for another time. But how many of you know, especially this week, thousands of people visit visit Notre Dame in Paris, and um, and you know, N- Notre Dame inside the inside the actual building i don 't want to call it a church because how many of you know the church ain 't the building right, but how many of you know inside that building were like loads of really, really um, priceless historic relics, and um, like when the building went up and started burning, everyone was worried obviously for the building, but then people were also concerned that that the relics that were in there weren't, were not going to be um, salvaged. They were going to actually go up in the flames, right? And <clears throat> they got quite a number of them, but I've only, highlighted, um, I've only highlighted two. Now, that's the outside of the church, and then in, in the center, when you're inside, that's what the stained glass windows in the center look like from the inside. So that's the outside and the inside. But with regards to these relics, there's one particular relic that really relates, I think, to our message today. Um, and it's. Do, do you know what's it contained in this gold case? It's apparently supposed to be one of the nails that nailed Jesus to the cross. Now, whether that's true or not, it's... all right. Right, 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 right. Okay, Amen. All right, all right. So I'm not suggesting that it's real, you know. Why? Mr. Carnegie, take it easy. Jeez. Boy. You know what? You've got to be careful when you step up in this pulpit, you know. Jeez. And that's a good thing. What a blessing that is. You know what I mean? You look, don't take heretics lightly. Jeez, don't um, be. Praise the Lord. But look, the thing is there, isn't it? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is what they say. Right? I definitely don't subscribe to it, it being real, but I'm just saying. Also, you know what else they got in? What else they got in there? Hold, 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 hold on to your hat, Mr. Carnegie. <laughs> have you seen? They've also got. Th- can you see what this? What this is depicted to be? It looks like the crown of thorns, and there's, uh, literally as, as I was looking online, you can see. Particularly this week, they hold it like one of the priests will hold it, or they have it on a kind of like, like like that gold that, that thing that you can see. It's like a lectern, and people literally come up to it and kiss it. You know what I'm saying? And then it's wiped with a, like, a, like a sterile wipe. And then people queue up, hundreds of thousands of people queue up to kiss it. And as you can see, like, it's, 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 it's the, the crown of, quote unquote, crown of thorns is inside that plastic case. And then you've got the gold business going on around it, right? And um, nail that held Jesus on the cross and the apparent crown of thorns. Um, so at this particular time of year, we've got particular types of food. Then you've got particular types of places like Notre Dame. And then you've got these relic, you've got these particular relics that specifically, well, go on, Toby. <laughs> Hi, bye. <laughs> and with regards to, to just historical items, how many of you know, there are paintings that go back, bo- go back hundreds of like centuries again, that depict our topic today, which is obviously the, the crucifixion. And I think, you know, days like this can be very sobering, and they need to be, but, you know, I felt that um, what we really kind of need to do was just be encouraged by the message of, you know what I'm saying, the crucifixion, which is not bad news, it's actually good news, you know what I'm saying? And um, yet it's a combination of bad news and good news, and, and again, we'll get to that in a moment. Now, um, I mentioned paintings. <clears throat> There's a painting by somebody who's called, um, I have to look at it because I can't remember the pronunciation completely, but it's Caravaggio. And he has depicted Jesus coming off the cross. Um, we're not there yet, that's Sunday, so I, I didn't put that one up. But but there are a couple others. There's a there's a guy called, and I nearly said a brother, there's a there's a guy called Giotto. Um, and Giotto depicted a painting of Christ, depicted Christ in a painting. Again, this is in another church, quote unquote, in a building. Um, and <clears throat> you can see this depiction of Jesus on the cross. And um, this is from pro- approximately the 1600s. So you're talking about 400. It's a long time ago, right? And, and the dates are really important. I want you to note the date, the 1600s, right? And then you've got another painting by a guy called Tintoretto. Tintoretto, and again, depicting the crucifixion, and this one goes back 300 years prior to that, to 1300 um, BC, um, AD or CE, right? And, and, and these are kind of, they call them, alfres- they ca- they them frescoes, um, because they're painted straight onto wet plaster, and it kind of preserves the painting and the colours, etc., And um, now the one I kind of really want to, I say, focus on or at least highlight is one that was actually, I say, painted. This depiction goes all the way back, not to the 1300, which is a long time ago. This one goes back to 200 AD. 200 AD. Have a look at this. This is called Aleximinos Graffito. If that's a proper, I can't speak Italian or, or even French. I'm not sure. Now, I'm not sure if you can see it from where you're sitting. You might not be able to. Now, this particular depiction is what I have to call it. No, it's graffito, you know. It's not actually a painting. It's actually an etching. It's etched into 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 plaster. And if you can, maybe you can't make it out. So what I'll do is let me show you a picture of this graffito. And you can see it probably a little bit more clearly, right? Now, what you're seeing, what you're looking at, um, again, is from 200 AD, right? So this is, just historically speaking, that's massive, but I don't wanna talk about the historicity today. But the depiction is of Jesus, and can you see how he's unusually portrayed? Look at what is supposed to be his head, his face. Can you see that? It looks like a lamb. It's actually actually a donkey. Also known as graffito blasphemo. Kind of you can hear where where that's going, right? Um, Or blasphemous graffiti. Like graffiti ain't nothing new. And if you like, it's a very early attempt at satire. An early attempt at satire. So you know you buy the newspapers, especially the broadsheets. They have um, little cartoon depictions of stuff that's current. This was a depiction of an, an, an event that was historically quite current. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's nothing new under the sun. And they're trying to make a joke. Now, this <clears throat> is a piece of Roman graffiti scratched in plaster on the wall of the Circus Maximus in Rome. Which has now been removed and is in the Palatine Hill Museum in Rome. It may be the earliest, notice, it may be the earliest surviving depiction of Jesus, and if so, it's the earliest known pictorial representation of the crucifixion of Jesus. <coughs> the image seems to show a young man, notice, the image seems to show a young man worshipping a crucified donkey headed figure. The Greek inscription approximately translates in this fashion Aleximenos Sabiti Theon, which basically means Aleximenos worships his God. Indicating that the graffito was apparently meant to mock a Christian whose name is Aleximenos. It's an ancient cartoon caption, if you like. Of Jesus, is stretched out on the cross with a donkey's head looking like a jackass. And, and, and then note the fool that's worshipping him. Jokingly, mockingly asking the question of Jesus on the cross. And here's the question. What kind of God becomes a man and then ends up dying on a cross? You hear the question? What kind of God becomes a man and ends up dying on a cross? Now, I would argue that the follow-up question, ooh, the follow-up, there needs to be a follow-up question to that. I would argue that the follow-up question, if I can get my thing to come back on, should be, okay, if that's somebody's depiction of Jesus... You know, they say if you hear a little bit you hear one you hear news come from one particular direction, you shouldn't always take that as red. You know what I'm saying? You need to do your homework, right? So if we were to do some homework, the question would be, okay, so this is what somebody else thinks about God. Are there any other perspectives on on who God is? Like, what is God really like? Is it this joke that's depicted here? Or otherwise? Well, two things. should I say three things? I said my message is real simple today. I got three points. I said that our message is light and love. Right? So my first two points are God is light and God is love. So first of all, God is light. God is light. From Genesis to Revelation, we see the revelation of God be in light. Um, in Isaiah chapter 6, and then also in Revelation chapter 4, right, Old and New Testament, you see a verse that is pretty much um, mirrored. And the verse is um, Isaiah 6, verse 3, Revelation 4, verse 8, and it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What we're seeing here is God being depicted, if you like, as distinct, as separate. And we would know that the Bible goes on to explain that God is pure, right? And if you know anything about light, we can get real technical, but we don't have time. But God is pure and he's completely and totally unequivocally righteous. John, who's the writer of the book of Revelation, also says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, he says, notice, God is what? God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. John also says in his gospel, he says, and this is the judgment. Notice that the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his or her deeds should be exposed. Now, you know what it's like. like just even last week, like, we got some issues at home. I, I can't even go into it, right? In, in, in my house and, and in the back garden associated with the house, I had to pull up some slabs. So I've pulled up this concrete slab here and as I've pulled it up now, I'm a man, I don't like spiders, right? I don't mind, like, like anything, like mice, snakes, like them things don't trouble me, but I don't know what it is, some phobia. So anyway, I lift up this thing and I'm thinking, oh man, some big old spiders are going to come running out. But when I lifted it up, I never saw no spiders. But what I did see were worms and beetles, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and wood lice. And guess what happened when I pulled, and you know the sun's been shining, right? I, guess what happened when I pulled up the slab? They all went scurrying. To find what darkness? God, they don't like the light. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was, when I used to live in Jamaica. Like we lived in, a, in an old house at one particular time, and in this old house, sometimes, like in the nighttime, if you went into a room, flicked on a light, all of a sudden you just see roaches. But you'd only see them for a split second because as soon as the light comes on, they're gone. They would just disappear. How many of you know um, that's really quite indicative of us as humans, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to the light, how many of you know we all got something to hide? You know, and you see, I got both hands up, you know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna set the example and, and just be honest, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, and, 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 and in a sense, we're just like those worms. I think Isaiah even refers to himself in that fashion. We're worms, we're roaches, aren't we? We're like rats, we're sinners, metaphorically speaking. And you know what, In, with, with regards to this issue of light, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12 says, says something really scary. Listen to Hebrews 12. It says, God is a consuming fire. Now, many of you know, light, fire emits light, doesn't it? But light ain't the only thing that fire emits. You know and I'm saying, fire burns. And this is descriptive of, it's like, especially like, with the, even with the, going back to that building, the way that building was raging, thankfully no one died. But so many of the firefighters put their life at risk going up close to that, because fire consumes, doesn't it? And see all these depictions of God with regards to light and fire, you know what I'm saying? And we're beginning, it's like, in one sense, we're asking a question what is God like? You know I'm saying, is he like that depiction that, that donkey that we saw? What is God really like? Well, here are some here's some insight as to what God is, and obviously we don't have time to really paint the full picture of who God is like and what He is like. But how many of you know God is light? Light exposes. It's also consuming. It's very scary on a number of levels. Are we beginning to see what God is like? <clears throat> um, and and thankfully. Um, on its own, God being light, that would actually be not only a scary picture, but it would be an incomplete picture. It would be what they call reductionistic. You know what I'm saying? It's not really completely given a full picture of, of who God is. You know what I'm saying? Um, and without the, the second point, <laughs> we as sinners would be condemned forever without a shred of hope. How many of you know God is light, but also God is what? Praise the Lord. God is love. God is love. We need the light. But how many of you know we need the love? Because if all we're left is with the light exposing and the consuming fire, and many people, that's their, that's their depiction of God. We just saw Alex, um, the guy that drew, drew the picture of Alex, Alex Aminos, right? Other people have got, this is the only perspective they have of God, is a God of judgment. Fire and hell and hellfire and brimstone. Is, is, is that, that is a picture, of, but, but that's not the full picture of God, is it? God, we want to argue also, is love. From Genesis to where? To Revelation. God is portrayed as the perfect personification of love. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God says, I have loved you to his people. Notice, not just with a time-sensitive love, you know. He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. That's Old Testament. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you like, while we were, you know what I'm saying, When, when God is exposed as to who he really is, that's light. We will go running, scurrying away. But God's not coming, at least initially, to bring judgment and condemnation. Essentially, what he did was he he came to express his love for us, even while we rejected him, even while we spat in his face, even while we paint and depict pictures of, of God in a very unfavorable manner. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us today 2000 years ago first john chapter 4 verse 9 through 10 says this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love verse 10 not that we loved god you know but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Before we were appreciative of who God may or may not be, God had already acted on our behalf for our benefit. Can you see that? Well that's a, if you see that then you're beginning to understand that God is love. This is how we express it. Are we beginning to see what God is like? God is light. And God is love. Now, I wouldn't say I'm, I played a trick on you, but um, light and love. I Remember, how many points did I say I had? I said I had three, right? But I've only given you two. God is light. God is love, right? And the message is called light and love. I ain't trying to be clever, but I remember when Pastor E done a message back in the day. Do you remember when, um, I believe it was when Zach passed away at Zach's funeral. And Pastor E had this sermon, boy. Um, was it seven one three or something like that? And there was the seven represented something. The one represented. Something. I think the one actually represented. I can't even remember. But I, that's how memorable it was. No, it, it was it was it was memorable to the point where I remember it was powerful. You know what I mean? And all he had was three simple points. So I've said. Light and love. (laughs) Notice. (laughs) Notice. Can you see that I used the plus sign for and? Thank you. Is that Bertram? You're too smart, brother. I used the plus sign for the and. Light and love. And that's fair, right? And what shape is the plus sign, as Bertram said? Can you see it's the shape or the sign of the cross? which is my third and final point. The cross, which is vastly significant today, Good Friday, Easter being, and it's funny because it was Tyler, uh, my foster son, who said to me, oh, Uncle Robert, you know that Easter is the most important time on the Christian calendar? And I went, what? And I, and I said, to, watch, there's me thinking, it's because he heard me said. I said, I said, where did, where, where, by, by chance, where did you learn that? <laughs> and he went at school. I was like, I was like, praise, praise the Lord. I mean, because that ain't the kind of stuff that kids are getting taught in school nowadays. Thank God for for good quality um, Church of England schools. But yeah, that cross depicts the most important festival of the year. We're not. The Bible never encourages us. Not directly to celebrate Christmas, you know what I'm saying? But is it Easter? Not only are we, you know what I'm saying, commanded to celebrate Easter once a year, but regularly. I don't even know if doing it once a month like we do when we take communion is enough. Really, we should be breaking bread at home, you know what I'm saying? And I feel challenged to do that more often than not. Um, and, you know, it's like being a dad. I remember back in the day... I remember being back in the day when I said, get my kids and Helen and get them all together. And you know what I'm saying, and like, all right, we're going to do devotions. You know and I'm saying, and I'd be banging on the table because, I don't know, Jordan might have his phone out or you put your phone away. And you know what I'm saying, remember, I don't know if any of you experienced them days them them, mm-hmm. them like a bad hair day. Like them, I don't want to say bad parenting days. You know and I'm saying because I mean, we're talking about the Bible, but sometimes you can we can give our kids the wrong impression about God just because of not so much what we say, but the way we say it. And God forgive me for them times. Um, but I would like to think there was some blessing in us coming together in you know, it, there's a way to do it. I wouldn't do it like that now if I had, you know, what I'm saying at least the opportunity with my big kids and um, and maybe that that can speak to you because we've got loads of parents with loads of little kids. You know, so can I say, like, you can talk to me if, 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 you, uh, if you disagree with me theologically, but I never had a Christmas tree for about seven years. And, you know, it was just, it was just unfair to my children, you know what I'm saying? And so if, if you feel that way, come and talk to me, innit? And I encourage you, i I, I got scripture, trust me, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, a word to parents. Parenting is not easy, and may God give you grace as you parent your children while they're young. You know what I'm saying? So they don't end up resenting God. You know what I mean? But they end up, you know, you know, emphasis. Sometimes what we want to do is we want to teach our kids that they must love God. Where really what we need to do is we need to teach our kids how much God loves them. You know what I'm saying? Um, because that's the message of grace, isn't it? It's what we've been talking about. God, Jesus died for us even before. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, the cross, so vital and so important. I'm, I'm going to let the scriptures speak um, as we get ready to wrap up. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Why? See, why the cross? In order that he might bring us, wretched sinners, to God. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, which we deserved fairly and squarely, bang to rights. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hanged on a what? On a cross, if you like, on a tree. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5.21, love this verse. For our sake, he, that is God made him, that is Who? Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. You know some of them scriptures that you memorize but I won't try it because it's ESV. I learned it in NKJV. And there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation only comes one way. And in John, John chapter 14, verse 6, from the lips of Jesus himself, Bertram quoted it earlier. Jesus said to, 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 to him, to those who were, he was speaking to, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You hear the exclusive terms of Christianity. It's not that we're hating on anyone else. We're just saying Jesus is different from everybody else. You can't compare him. Ain't nobody celebrating anyone else's death and then, let me not give it away, his resurrection on Sunday. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know the end of the story. Ain't no one else celebrating that. Now listen to these. If you haven't heard anything that I've said, please listen to these two quotes really carefully because they have the potential power to set you free. John Stott, who's a Church of England minister who's passed away now, he said, as a commentator, good Bible commentator, he says, for the essence of sin is, listen to this, for the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God. True? While the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where God only deserves to be. God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. Man claims prerogatives which belong to God alone. Notice, God in his grace accepts penalties which belong to man alone. And it goes on. He says, at the cross, in holy love, God, through Christ, paid the full penalty of our disobedience himself. You want to know what the cross is about? He bore the judgment we deserve in order to bring us the forgiveness we do not deserve. On the cross, divine mercy and justice were equally expressed. Light, righteousness, which needs to judge sin, right? but at the same time also mercy. They were equally expressed and eternally reconciled. God's holy love was satisfied. If you're here and you struggle, you're struggling with sin, like you don't feel mm-hmm. <clears throat> worthy to be forgiven, or should I say even prior to that, you feel so overwhelmed with your sin. All you think you deserve is judgment. Well, you would be right. But today is a good day for you. It's a good Friday because today's the day when, G- when, when God expressed his incredible justice by pouring out his wrath on Jesus. But then there's a substitution that took place. And God's righteousness was fully meted out in Jesus on that cross. Which then meant God was able <coughs> to provide us, who, has, who, who Jesus substituted himself for, to provide us now with his righteousness. You know, the Bible says God is the just, God is just and he's the justifier of the ungodly. God is just and he's the justifier of the ungodly. There's no, other, there's no other religion, there's no other quote-unquote theology that, that, that reconciles our issues. I'm reading a book at the moment, it's called Why Jesus, I really recommend it. And chapter 3 is pretty much where I've taken a lot of my content today, not all of it. Um, I didn't completely plagiarise it, but this has been just a, ble- just a real blessing. Because it's the, the subheading is the continuing rele- relevance of Jesus in the 21st century. No other religion, no other theology, you know what I'm saying? No other other explanation on behalf of God reconciles these two issues. Someone says, oh, the Bible doesn't tell us everything. I know the Bible don't tell us everything, but you know what? The Bible tells you everything you need to know. That's what it does about what is most important. And what is most important is the issue of our sin. If you don't believe me, wait. The Bible says... Is appointed unto man once to die after this, the judgment. We will all have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. Hebrews says, How do we expect to escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It's like this is God throwing us the lifeline in Christ. That's what Good Friday is all about, that's what Christmas is all about. And going back to our opening thoughts at the introduction. <clears throat> I admit, it would be intriguing. I say when I'm not looking at Mr. Carnegie, it would be intriguing. It would be nostalgic to see, even to touch. And I'm saying if they were real, the literal crown of thorns or the nail or the nails that pierced Jesus. But how many of you know these things, even if they were real, they're just symbols. Even the cross. Even the cross, just symbols, Symbols that point to the most important event in the whole of human history. And if you like, that X, that cross, it marks the spot of all of human. It's the most important day in human history. And thank God, no one can take it away from us. History, Time is marked by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Everything before him is BC. Everything after him is AD. What? You can't change that. Well, even though they're in the process of trying to change it. And see, seeing Jesus described as a jackass, it doesn't seem so funny now when you understand why he actually went to the cross. Today, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, there's no one else. We sang, there's no one else for me. Can I invite the team to come back? There's no one else for me, we sang, crucified to set me free. Light and love all wrapped up. In the cross in Christ Jesus. Will you join me as we pray? <clears throat> Father, thank you. Father, thank you. That even when we weren't thinking about you, even and then and, and even when we knew about you, we didn't care about you. You were you were loving and gracious enough to think about us, think about our benefit, think about our deepest need. Lord, we're just like foolish children who, who don't appreciate their parents, don't appreciate The food that they provide. Don't appreciate clean clothes, clean bed, providence. Don't appreciate that until they get older. And they're like, wow, mom and dad, wow. Look how you sacrificed for me. Even sacrificed your life for me. Thank you. Father, we're like kids in one sense that have come to our senses. We've grown up. We look at this world and we look at this life. (laughs) And we realize, Lord, who we are in light of who you are. There's many different depictions of you, Lord, but we thank the Bible. Thank you for its preservation. And thank you that it beautifully, wonderfully, even scarily paints the picture of who you are. And Father, when we think about the fact that you're light, and we think about the fact that you're a consuming fire, that ter- I remember being terrified by that in 1989 to the point where I could do nothing but shake. When I understood the implications of my sinfulness and the penalty that I was going to have to pay, rightly so, because I'd broken your law, rightly so. And not once, but a multiplicity of times, thousands of times I'd broken your law. And I realized that I deserved the judgment, I deserved it. But then to see Jesus on the cross, high and lifted up, hanging there, bleeding, after being scourged horrendously, having the, the flesh torn off his back today, today, even now, at this time, 12:30-ish, Jesus was hanging on the cross for my sin. How amazing is that? And I get to understand that the judgment I deserve, you put on him so that me, a guilty sinner, can get to go free. Today's a good Friday. Today's a good day. Maybe for someone, Lord, who has never really heard that, never really penetrated their heart, never really understood. They see Jesus, oh, he's just a curse word. It's what I say when I bang my thumb with a hammer. Well, a cross, a cross is just something that people wear around their neck. It's like, while they're rapping on stage, it's like a cross. What is that? But Lord, when the planets align and all the myths are swept aside and we get to see what the cross really means and who Jesus really is, we can honestly say, wow, God became a man? And died on the cross? Father, for this time, we thank you. In the name of our Savior, the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen.